I want to welcome you to the Pro Mindset Podcast. The Pro Mindset Podcast is all about diving into the headspace that results in championship performance. High-performing athletes, winners, have this mental flow and have a positive headspace for their performances and success. Join me, Craig Doman, sports attorney and NFL agent, on this podcast. I will interview pro athletes, college athletes, football coaches, and sports personalities. Together, we can discover how you can get in the flow and have your own pro mindset. Okay, I want to welcome today a current Dallas Cowboy, Donovan Alumba, a cornerback from Portland State. Donovan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Craig. I really appreciate it. Hey, Donovan, I love your radio voice, man. It sounds good. <laughs> man, that's it's just my regular voice. You know me. <laughs> okay, so how's the Cowboys season going so far this year? You're on the currently you're on the practice squad, and you know that I've talked to the organization, and they said you're the next man up in the secondary, and there's been some traction there a little bit, but right now you're biding your time practicing on the practice squad making practice squad money, you know, chomping at the bit to be on the 53, on the 46, and, and on the field on, on game days. How's the season going for the Cowboys so far? Just like every season, I feel like there's been positives and negatives. We're 4-3 right now. We're looking to be 5-3, and three, keep on winning in our division. You know, those divisional games, it just feels better when you um, beat a divisional opponent. And I feel like I mean, not everything's going to go well during the NFL season. The other team has great players also. Like, it's the NFL. So, you win matchups, you win, you lose matchups. That's just what the game is. Um, it's just all about the next play and what you do the next play. And I just feel like we have we, – we're 4-3 right now, so we have nine games left to um, to really find out where we want to be. If I mean, like our goal to win the big show, but – we had nine games left to really to um, to find our position in the playoff hunt or to win a division. So we just got to focus on every game, just one by one, and then just take it from there. Absolutely. Well, you guys started out three and zero, and then you went zero and three, and then you won one. So that puts you guys at four and three. So you're really trying to find your identity, your mojo. You guys started out of the gates pretty fast, and then you kind of hit a stubbed your toe for a few weeks, but share for the audience what it's like to be a rookie that doesn't get picked and and go to training camp and put yourself in a position to compete every day. What was that like? And you're in your second year in the NFL. What was that like in 2018 for you? Going the draft, I just felt kind of disrespected really because I felt as if that my game like how good I played and just how good of a football player I am. I should have been drafted, but in the draft, like school matters, your testing matters, your school testing, your film, obviously, and then your football character. I felt that like my my film and my football character really stood out, but because I didn't go to the biggest of schools for all, for, my, for both my schools, it kind of hurt me and my testing wasn't, the best of like other corners at my position, but I felt as if my film would have like helped me. But it is what it is, and just being just when I got when I went undrafted, just hearing that call from the Cowboys, I kind of um, I remember you telling me about it. I was just kind of excited. I never really thought that like 
the Dallas Cowboys like the number one like the the most um recognized sports franchise in the world saw my film from Portland State. So the fact that they even wanted me I was kind of I just I just took it as an honor that they even wanted me to have so like they that they de- that they even wanted to have me on their team. So I mean and then just going through training camp I mean, I was with um, three other undrafted guys, so we just, I mean, when you get there, you just have to learn the playbook the best way that you can and then just compete on everything that you can compete on. So I just made sure I didn't mess up none of my assignments. And then, like, my game is really big on film study and and just knowing, like, different types of plays and what's coming. So if I knew, like, a play that was coming, just just make a play on it and just make sure that I don't have any coverage busts. If you just do your job and just make plays doing it, like everything will fall into place. So this is kind of how I took it. Well, let's go back to, you know, the draft process. You were a, you are a big corner. You have length. You have kind of a Seattle Seahawks type body, uh, the Richard Sherman type um, back in the day. And you currently have his, as your uh, defensive coordinator, a guy by the name of Coach Richard, who was in Seattle, and he's he's probably the reason why you've had the you know the success you have because he wants people like you. He wants players that play like you. He wants the players that look like you. But just from a mental standpoint, the physical part is hard. But would you agree that the mental part of being a being a pro is harder? And why? I feel like the mental part is really what stands you um, apart from the competition because once you get to the NFL, everybody's big, everybody's fast, everybody's strong, everybody's athletic, everybody could jump. So I mean, like if you like if you if you know what play is coming, if you know how to play the game, if you could win on angles, that's really gonna what sets you apart. Like if you look at all the players that's that has that have longer illustrious careers in the NFL. Like the reason is because like they're smart football players. Like once once you get older, you won't have the most athleticism like you did when you're 22 or 23. But you know what type of play is coming. You know like how smart you are with the game and how smart you are in the NFL. That makes you last. And I mean that makes you. I mean that the teams pay like teams pay you like once you once you're on the field and once you're producing. So. I would say the mental part is is way more important than the physical part. I mean, obviously, you need to be physically able to compete and stay healthy and things of that nature. But if you just know, if you're smarter than the person across from you, if you know what's coming, you'll put your you'll put yourself in position to make plays most of the time, more times than they'll than they'll put themselves to make plays. So let's talk about how do you put yourself in position to make plays. Is that watching film? And what is that? What does that mean? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is watching film. Um, I just make sure during the off season, then during the season, I just make sure I watch NFL offenses because it's really a copycat league. So if I'm able to watch offenses, look at receiver splits, trust what I watch, and then just just after watching film, taking notes and things of that nature, it's just trusting myself and just trusting the ability that God gave me to go out there and make plays. Like, if you're not confident in yourself, like, you're, like nobody is going to be confident in you. Like, your coach won't, your team won't. So just being able just to watch film and just trust what I see. And then because 
that that's the big the biggest thing. Just watching film, then just trust what I see, and then when once I'm there, make the play. Like I mean, I feel like when I was younger, I used to play a lot of receivers, so that helped with a lot of my ball skills to be able to catch interceptions, and especially at defense, like to get turnovers. That's probably the biggest thing. Like to flip to because there's so much momentum and turnovers and just things of that nature is just not. I mean, that's just really what I feel like I just need to do. So what is your pre-play routine? Let's say, for example, you're in man press and you're out on a on number one receiver on your side and you're you're pressing, dude. And when you line up at press, are you taking away the inside? You, you head up, you're taking away the outside. Does it depend on what kind of help you got? And what is your thoughts before the play even starts? Yeah, so, like, when the play comes in, I look at the down and distance. So, if it's, like, third and five, third and four, like, I'm thinking, like, a short route most likely. And then after that, I see what what position on the field my receiver has. Like, if I'm my outside corner and the receiver is, like, plus three, plus four outside the numbers, I'm probably, like, he's probably going to run a hitch or, like, an inside breaking route. So, I know I have to take the inside away, but if I'm in the slot, like, if my receiver goes over and I'm in the slot, I'll try to take away, like, outside leverage because, um, like, if he's in the slot, like, it's a harder, like, you just want to play to your leverage. That's just the biggest thing. So, I think down and distance, and then I think what type of receiver I have. Like, is he a big, strong, like, fast, like, not really a fast receiver? I could kind of, like, sit on him. If he's a fast receiver, I know I'm going to have to play on top and then just, like, break and then just react to everything else, and then just what the call is. So those are probably the most important things. So, I mean. Let's talk about leverage, Donovan. What does leverage mean? Leverage is just where you need to just, where you need to be on the receiver. So if our coach wants, if you're in the slot and you want to win outside leverage, like you need to be on the outside of the receiver. So, like, but that's really, like, leverage is really mostly for, um, like if you're in the slot, because most of the time if you're in man coverage, you have a lot of inside help. So winning to your outside leverage, slicing route. Slicing means like if he runs like a seven, like a corner route, you play under the route. So the quarterback has to throw the ball over you. It's a harder ball to throw over and with some air than he could just throw it on the line. So just winning to – so this is really what that is. Got it. So you mentioned before that – you got to believe in yourself. And one of the things that I've found is that if you don't, as a player, everybody knows it. Your teammates know it. Your coaches know it. Your opponents know it. The trainer knows it. The, the equipment guy knows it. Everybody knows it. And those guys pretty much are early cut guys in training camp because they're walking around without the swag, without the confidence. Everybody's human. And what I talk about is you have to take you know, almost like confidence supplements. Like, you know, you can go take protein supplements, but you can also take, you know, like belief supplements. When you have a day where you're not feeling it, what do you, what's your go-to to put yourself in a position? Let's say you're in, you wake up in your, your room and, you know, you're in Oxnard. You're in Oxnard, California, in training camp with America's team, and when you get out of bed, you're not feeling like you got it that day. What do you do to get it before you go out on that field? What helps me is that every play that I make, even in the game or practice, I make sure I record it 
on my phone. So if I'm not feeling the best, I could just go back and just look at the clips of myself making plays and just just seeing myself make plays and just think like, yes, like that's me doing that. Like that that just really helps my confidence a lot. I learned that after um my first year because we played that one our first preseason game we played against the 49ers and I didn't really have the best game. But one of our receivers, his name was Lance, he was telling me that like um because going from like a small school to the Cowboys, it's crazy because at my small school, nobody really cared about, like, football and stuff. But then you go to the Cowboys where everybody cares about it. You could have a lot of, like, you know, like, opinions, fans talking bad about you. Just being able just to see you just make plays on the starters or anybody, just seeing that. I mean, that's just, like, I mean, I do that before every practice. Just watch myself make plays and it just helps me when I'm on the field that I'm, like, I'm very capable of making plays and things. Well, there's nothing better than building your confidence than seeing yourself do it. So if you're yeah. watching yourself make plays, watching yourself getting picks on Dak in practice. Watch if you can get if you can make a pick on Dak covering Cooper, you can cover anybody in, in against any quarterback. Yeah, and get a pick exactly. And get a pick point. right. So I think that especially corners. Oh my God, you guys are the island players, and you're hung out to dry. And a lot of times defenses are schemed so that you take away your man and you got no help. So yeah. if you have a bad play, bad misstep, bad instinct, dude, you're gonna be you're gonna get lit up. You're gonna give up six. Yeah. And you're I gonna be on Sports that. Center for the wrong reasons because the other dude's scoring a touchdown. So you have to have a huge, massive dose of confidence and belief not only before every practice and before every game, but before every play. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. That's what separates, like, playing corner from any other position because, I mean, like, you're you're so isolated. Like, like if a D-lineman messes up, the, the linebacker could get there typically. And, like, it's just, like, you, like, you just knowing, like, the different schemes and stuff, like, you don't know, like, what the D-line is supposed to have or – Vice versa, but corner, if you're in man coverage, everybody knows you're in man coverage. It's just having belief in yourself. That's just kind of where it comes from, like, because, you know, if you lock a guy down, everybody sees it. If he gets a catch, everybody sees it. If you get a pick, like, you just have to go out and just trust your training, trust how much you grind in the off season, trust your film study throughout the week. Trust just, I mean, it's just all about trusting your, just trusting yourself, trusting your training, trusting how hard you work in a film room, really. What do you do as a corner when you know the other dude that you're covering is a lot faster than you? And you're fast, but you're always running into people that are faster. Yeah. You know, because you talked about it earlier that it depends on the type of receiver. Do you have a speedster? Do you have a long stride big guy that's going to body you? Well, if you got a long stride or a big guy that's going to body you, then you got to be ready to have some physicality on that play, and it might it turn it into a fifty-fifty ball, and you go win it. Yeah. But what if what, what if the guy is a track guy? He's fast. What is your strategy to cover a fast guy? Yeah, I would say more to play on angles. If he's a fast guy, you can kind of tell when the guy's going to run a fly route compared to a comeback because if he's going to run a vertical, he's going to run as fast as he can. 
can. So if he tries to run as fast as he can, and you can kind of tell. Um, I would just say just play on angles, play on top of him. And then once you notice that, make sure you can put your, like, your hand, like, on his hip or your arm. And then once you turn, turn your head, just, you know, just arm fight him. Like, because receivers going to arm fight you. So if you could just play – Play on angles, play on top, and then just arm fight them when you turn the ball. When you turn to look for the ball, you're looking for the ball. Like the ref can't really call anything. Well, let's say for example he's running a go route, a nine route, a fade. You call it whatever you want, and you're running stride yeah. for stride with this guy. What is your signal for for turning and finding the ball? What are you looking at? His eyes, his helmet, his hands. What are you looking at? So he, if he goes outside, he outside releases on me, and I'm running with him. And then once I see him, um, just like different receivers have different tails. Like if he puts his head down to run fast, like whatever he does. So after you, and you kind of have to have a clock in your head, where like you could kind of feel like after 15 or 20 yards, you, like you're thinking like, oh, this is a fade route. Like you should turn your head. So having that clock in my head of 15, 20 yards on the field, like, oh, it's a fade, keep on running. Typically, like, if it's a back shoulder, the receiver will look for the ball pretty early. He'll, like, his eyes will get big. A lot of receivers do that. Or, um, like, if he's just running, it's like 15, 20 yards, and he's still running as far as he can, like, you know that you have to turn your head and then go look for the ball and try to catch it like a receiver. Well, you played a little bit of receiver. How does that help you as a DB? I feel like that that's probably the most important thing because a lot of corners, a lot of them don't really have ball skills really or they're like scared to catch the ball. So being able to play receiver and help with my ball skills, I mean, because it's football, like you could guard the guys as much as you want or whatever. I mean, because having great coverage is the number one thing, but being able to turn that ball over, that's probably – I mean, just about the ball, like getting the ball, that's the most important thing. So being able to catch it, punch it out, anything like that, that's the most important thing. And so I take pride in in doing those things. Well, I know that you've been balling out in practice this season. You sent me some videos of you getting picks, um, practice after practice. What is the most frustrating part about being on a practice squad? And, And let me just take a guess. One of them is, you're better than some of the guys on the 53, and they're making four times more than you are, and you want to be doing what they're doing, but you're still on the practice squad. Is there? Is, what is your frustration about being on the practice squad? I would say is because like knowing that you're like a good player and knowing that you study the, I mean, other offenses and like that you're a good, I mean, good player. Know that you study the offenses and know that you could play on Sundays. That's probably the biggest thing. Is um that's probably yeah that's the most frustrating thing like the money thing, it comes and goes like my dream is just to I mean just to play on Sundays like when I was a kid is looking back at those players playing on Sunday what I love, that's that's the most that was the most important thing to me so like just going like I mean just going to the games knowing like you're good enough to play, to like make plays in this league and that's not really the case right now that you can't really play that's probably the most frustrating thing. But I know, like, patience is a virtue, and that's really the only thing you could do or that you can control. When you look at look around in the locker room and you see the guys that are making, you know, 15, 20, 25 million a year, what do they do 
differently than the guys that are making a lot less? Are they more committed? Are they more physically talented? Are they more prepared? They take it more seriously. What would you say would be the difference between the dude that makes 20 plus million a year and everybody else that plays this position? I would say it's just, I mean, Coach Garrett says it's know, like know what you're doing and know that you know what you're doing. So like if you know your job, know what are the weaknesses of how you, how you could get exploited and the strengths of like what you need to do. If you just know those things, if you just do your job at a high level, people are going to pay you. Just, I mean, you just know your job and then just win. Like in this league, you're going to, you're, like it's all about winning like most of the time like you're gonna get got every few times like the guy from across he's in the nfl too he's gonna make plays but if you win more times than not like at corner like at corner if you if you're getting picks and if you're not letting up deep passes and you compete on everything short like a team's gonna pay you a lot of dollars like once you're out of your rookie deal so this is what it's about Okay, what was the biggest thing you weren't prepared for when you got to the NFL that surprised you? I would say um, business side, really. I didn't really think of that thing. I just thought, like, it was, like, college. I mean, I went to, like, a D2 and then Division One school, so, like, like, it was just football. But I didn't really know, like, the business side of it, like, like the players. I don't know. Like, the players that get paid more are the guys that typically play – I mean, just the business side, like, I just didn't really think of that. I just thought of, like, just football, football, football. But, like, knowing that there's a business and a football side, like, you got to get your business done on the field. And then, like, your agent talking with, like, the front office people and things of that nature. Everybody knows it's a business. But what aspect of the business surprised you the most? I would understand, like, I would, you know, like, growing up, you'll see, like, people holding down and stuff. And then, like, as a fan, you'll say, like, oh, like, why is that guy doing that? This isn't this. But, I mean, now that you're, like, in it, you 100% understand that, like, the, like the NFL is, like, a billion-dollar industry. As a player, you want to get as much as you can, like, so that you could take care of your family so when your career is over, you have the most money that you could do so you could have business, business ventures, take care of your family is probably the most. That was the thing I didn't really understand it. But now, like, now I'm in it, I, I 100% understand. How would you describe the culture in the NFL compared to college? I mean, is it all business? Is it best player plays? Is it a combination of best player plays and the guy that they paid plays? Is it the highest draft pick gets the best opportunity? Um, I know some of those things are true. But from your perspective, being in the in the locker room, when do you feel like it's the most unfair because this guy gets the opportunity because of his status? I feel like it's a mix of different things. Like, I mean, it just depends on like what team you're on. I've had friends that play for other teams, and like every organization runs runs their organization in a different type of way. Like sometimes, like the GM decides who plays. Sometimes it's the coach, or sometimes um, it's like a it's like a handful of people. So just knowing that, and then like if you're a free agent. Like, for example, like, you might have to be, be on a workout circuit, so you might be going from team to team, finding out some different shades, and you have to go work out. And I really, like, I kind of understand that now. Now, like, that's probably the biggest thing. Like, 
the the workout circuit is the biggest thing I've ever really experienced. I mean, I didn't experience it, but people people that tell me like being it like having to fly from different cities and you just have to drop on a hat, run a forty, or just do do different things to get a job. Like you didn't really experience that in college. No doubt. Well, the workout circuit absolutely stinks because you don't know when they're coming. You don't know who else is going to be there. You don't know what they're going to have you do, and you don't even know if they're going to sign anybody. Yeah. And so there's all different types of workouts. Some are need workouts where they bring a guy, bring two or three guys in, they're going to sign the best one because they have a need. Sometimes they're just trying to restructure their ready board, and so they want to see if a guy's still in shape, still wants to play football, kind of get a feel for him. For I mean, they can get a feel for you in five minutes. That, yeah. Hey, you're, good, you're a fit for their culture, you're a fit for their locker room, or you're not. And then they put you back on the airplane, and then a couple of weeks later they have an injury, and they're giving that guy a call. So the workout circuit, hands down, is the worst position to be in on the NFL in the NFL world. Yeah. In a given year, how many different guys are on the 53, or even on the 63, including the practice squad? Is it a handful, or is there like 15, 20 guys coming and going during the course of a year? Um, I'd probably say like 10 to 15. I remember my rookie year, my locker neighbor changed like five or six times. It's just during the season. That was kind of crazy. And I mean, you know, like guys go on IR, they activate some guys, they sign some guys. So probably 15, 20. And then, I mean, if your team is losing, they'll probably activate a whole bunch of players and sign players and stuff like that. What's the biggest difference between Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in the NFL after a loss compared to after a win? It's just the energy in the building. Like, after you lose, it just doesn't really feel the best. But after, I mean, after a win, you know, it's just, I mean, I feel like that's just how it is anyway. Like, if you play college football, you all lose, you just suck for a little bit. But then if you all win, it feels good. You lose, like, every, like you're not going to win all the games. Like, there's been, like, one team that like, went undefeated in the NFL. So, I mean, you're going to lose just how you bounce back from losing. You're in You're in the Dallas Metroplex. You're playing for the Cowboys. What's it like to be going to work and having an office like the star? And kind of explain to the audience what the star is. The star, I mean... It's only really the only thing I know is this big football facility and around it they have um, re- different restaurants, they have a hotel that people could stay in. Um, they give tours throughout the day. They have like a little club called Concrete Cowboy across from it, and then even during the season, like high school football teams play at the Star. It's just like a whole big thing. It's like a museum slash football facility slash entertainment place slash high school football. It's just a lot going on. And I mean, it's, that's really that's really the only team, I mean, the only thing that I know compared to, like, I have friends on, like, other teams, and they tell me, like, their facilities and just, like, how it's just, like, a building and just walk in it. No, it might be the best in the in the world. I don't know who's got the best practice facility in the world, but the Cowboys are definitely in the top two or three. Okay, yeah, like it, like it's fire. Like anybody that wants to come out, they should for sure come out. How is the training and preparation in the off season different 
from being a pro compared to when you were in college? Is it the same? Or do you work on different things, think about different things, practice different things? In the NFL, if you do the off-season program, the biggest thing is that they want their players to stay healthy. And um, like everything that is that you want to do is to stay healthy. Like you don't want to, like you want to push your body, but you don't want to push it to the limit where you're going to hurt yourself or like rest time is important because there's a season and during the season you do take a lot of beatings like once you're in the games and stuff. So yeah, that and then like I would say just during, I mean you just want to, it's just all about training smart, training hard and smart, but smart is the biggest key. And then in college, like the strength codes, they'll be, like, they'll try to like kill you honestly like you run so much like you'll be on the verge of like pulling stuff and things just they just want you to do what they have so i would say that's the biggest thing like they don't really care about like health and stuff and cause they just want to push you to the limit compared to being in the nfl okay so let's talk about the um, glamour off the field what's it like going into a restaurant going into a club in dallas when you're a cowboy and you get, do you get the cut lines? Do you get free food? Do you get, you know, stuff like that? Or is that just a, a myth? No, that stuff is true. Like, if you try to go to a club, you know, people try to, um, they'll let you cut lines. Uh, they'll try to get you a section. If you go to a restaurant, everybody's going to try to get autographs and stuff from you. It's really, it's honestly crazy. Like, my first year, one of my other teammates, we went to go get sushi from a restaurant, and I told him, I'm like, don't wear no cowboy stuff. Like, just don't do it. And he wore a cowboy. I'm like, just don't do it. And then he wore a cowboy hat, and a guy, like, an older man, like, he was like, you guys play, you know, we're like two black guys, kind of muscular, like tall. He was like, oh, you guys play for the cowboys? And we're like, yeah. And then he tried to sell us everything. Like, he gave us his business card. He was like, if you want to shoot guns, like, I got a gun range. That's cool. Like, oh, I got this business. This is not. Like, that's not, I mean, that's something I really never really experienced. And talking with my other teammates that have been on other teams, they say it's not like that anywhere else. Yeah, Dallas is a unique place. Everybody loves the Cowboys. Donovan, you're in your second year, and yeah. your goals are pretty high. You just don't want to be a guy. You just don't want to make the 53. I know you got big dreams. Kind of share for our audience where you see yourself going so that after you do it, that everybody can say, he told us he was going to do that. Yeah, I feel like when I when I get my chance to play on the field, I'm going to show everybody that I'm a playmaker, that, that I, I play with anticipation, that I'm a smart player, that I watch my film and – through my play, you'll tell that I watch film. I mean, I'm physical. Like, I'm not scared to tackle. I'll come up and stick my face in it. I mean, I do my job on the field. I mean, anything will come from it. Like, I feel like like through my film study, I'm going to get picks. I'm going to make plays. I mean, I'm confident in my ability. So when I, so when I get that opportunity, whenever that is, um, everybody's going to see that that I work hard on my craft. So whatever comes from that, like, it will come. Okay, Donovan, so when you talk about being prepared, anticipating, knowing what's going to happen before it's going to happen, 
when you watch game tape of an upcoming opponent and you're looking at the receivers, what are you looking for? I look at, is he like a speed receiver? Is he a, um, just what type of receiver he is? Um, is he like small with speed? Is he tall, slow? Is he just look at what type he is in him? After that, I see how the offense utilizes him. Um, is he like a deep threat? Is he an intermediate guy? Does he run a lot of end cuts? Like, does he use, and then after that, I use like, how does he catch the ball? Does he use his hand a lot? Does he use his body? Like, how, like, how he catches the ball, how he runs his routes? Like, does he count his steps? And you could tell that he counts his steps. Does he beat the drums when he breaks down? Does he, uh, just, just different indicators. Um, is he a push off guy? Like, where does he push off to create the space? Because all receivers do, do it. Like, uh, like, it's, like they all do it. Even though the refs don't try to throw the flag, they all push off. So, just, I mean, those are probably the biggest indicators. Who's the dude in the league that you think is the toughest receiver to cover for you? I really, I mean, shoot, I really don't know, honestly. Like, when, I mean, the only big guy, like, like amazing receiver I want to get one up against is Amari Cooper, and he's he's like a very quick receiver. He gets out of his breaks well. And he like he sets up his routes pretty good. You have to be very disciplined on him, and then he tracks the ball very well. Like when he sees the ball in the air, he has another gear that I haven't really like played against or experienced before. So like when he came to the team last year, it was crazy. Like being able to go against him every day. I just made my game so much better. Who's the DB that you try to emulate and learn from? Um, I would say Sherman, for real. I mean, that's from another team, from our team. Cheeto and Byron, really. Cheeto and Byron, they play, like, outside for us. I mean, like, from our team, I feel like all of our corners, they have a lot of input. They're all different football players and how, like, they're just – I mean, they're all smart, so just – just throwing ideas off of them and et cetera, so I could just learn. Or from other teams, I'll say for sure Sherman, because um, what do you like about Sherman? I mean, you you look like very, Sherman. You got a, you got the you got the dreads, you got the the body type. Yeah. But what do you like about his game? He's just a very intelligent player. He's not the strongest. I mean, he's not the fastest. He's not the most quick. Like he doesn't run like a four two four three. He's just very intelligent. He knows what routes are coming. He does his film study. And then off of his film study, he makes plays. And any player that, like, I mean, because you can work hard in the weight room, like that is like that is important. But any player that watches film, knows what's coming, I respect their game because, like, that's the t- like I'm not the strongest, the fastest, or anything like that, but I know I watch film. That's going to put me in position to make plays. And any player that plays like like that, I have the most respect for. When you run into your high school buddies that you played ball with or your college buddies or you're trading texts or whatever it might be, what is the coolest thing about playing in the NFL in your friend group? I mean, like, among your homeboys. I would say, like, when I'm with them, just being able, like, we all go places. And then, like, um, like people, like, if we go to a place, they'll let myself and with them, like, we'll go in, like, pretty fast. That's probably the biggest thing. Just being it. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. And then just telling them about, like, how it is and just how, like, 
it's very similar to college football, like being in the locker room and things of that nature. It's like the same thing. Like nothing compares to being in the locker room, just kicking in with your teammates. Just telling them about like how it is. And then, you know, the NFL is such a big guy. Everybody has the biggest thing. Everybody has their different opinions on like what player does this, this, and this. But just like actually telling them like, oh, yeah, I watch them. Like it's not like that. Like, like it's way different. Just being able to tell them like that, like, I, I, that's honestly the biggest thing that I like about it. Well, Donovan, I'm expecting big things from you. I know how hard you've worked. I know how dedicated you are. I know how you're making plays right now. And a lot of times guys make plays that nobody can see before they ever make plays, you know, in front of everybody. And your time's coming. I'm hoping a lot sooner than later. We need God. We need God to, like, part the Red Sea and give you that 53rd spot that you can turn into a 22 spot. Facts. Yeah, I appreciate that, Craig. I'll say the same thing. All right, man. Love you, dude. You have a good day. I love you too, Craig. I'm going to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pro Mindset. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Five stars, of course. You can follow us on our website, promindsetpodcast.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pro Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you the next time.